want to welcome you. I just want to welcome you. Father, we thank you that we can be here today. We thank you for your beautiful love. We thank you that any time that we come to worship you, it's more than just a meeting. God, it's always more than just a meeting. If you're here, it's heaven on earth. Father, we are not in a hurry to leave this place. Lord, we haven't come in here to be amused by you or to be amused by anyone else. Lord, whether we're aware of it or not, we've come in here because we hunger for you. And we've found that nothing else can satisfy. Even in the, in the midst of when we indulge maybe our base desires, we find it empty. And we turn back to you. Lord, we don't want to be a church of whom it could be said, look at how much they can do without the Holy Spirit. Lord, we don't want to live lives where people look at our marriages and our families and they say, look at how much they can do without the Holy Spirit. We don't want to work in places or run businesses or work for others and live a life in such a way that it could be said of us, look at how much that they can do. It's amazing how much that this people can do without the Holy Spirit. Father, we repent for how much that we choose to do without you, Holy Spirit. Lord, your conviction doesn't bring sadness that leads to death. Your conviction, Holy Spirit, though there's a sadness, it leads to repentance, and repentance leads to freedom and healing. And God, we would like an upgrade today. I get up in the morning and I've got so many plans. I wonder if I need your help for any at all. Am I just asking you to bless all my dreams? Are you my sugar daddy in the sky? Are you my magic God genie? Did Jesus die so I can have a wish? I pray it isn't so. I can stand here because in Christ Jesus, there is no condemnation. But I don't want to stop short, sure that I'm safe, resting in the comfort of what you've done while not joining you in the ministry that you left me here to do.
And yes, you're my joy. And yes, you're my strength. And yes, you're my hope. And I have you to thank. But survival's not enough for me. And waiting in a little cloister isn't enough for me. Is it enough for you? Let it not be said of us, look at what Christ's center can do without any help from the Holy Spirit. Look at those great meetings. They run so well, and the worship is swell. And I was glad because no one fell that day at Christ's center. Nothing weird or discomforting. Nothing that caused me to stretch or strain. No awe, signs and wonders, so that I would have to blame someone for doing something inappropriately and I could walk away and say another day with nothing to explain no fear or shame the Holy Spirit didn't embarrass me at all and is it enough an ordinary life Because in him, it's an extraordinary life. And there's no shame. Because Jesus paid it all. And when conviction came, Somehow, hope came just the same. And I'm so tired of being amused. Running after dollar after dollar, day after day. It's just simply not enough for me is it enough for you it happened after this that the people of Moab with the people of Ammon and others with them besides the Ammonites came to battle against Jehoshaphat and then some came and they told Jehoshaphat saying a great multitude is coming against you from beyond the sea from Syria and they are at Hazazon Tamar, which is En Gedi. And how many of you know that En Gedi is the place of rest where David went to rest? And here was the enemy of God in the place of rest. And how many of us right now have an enemy of God that keeps attacking us in our place of rest? Doesn't he always do that? And Jehoshaphat feared and he set himself to seek the Lord, and he proclaimed a fast throughout all Judah. And so Judah gathered together to ask help from the Lord. And from all the cities of Judah, they came to seek the Lord. When the enemy gathers in your place of rest, you call out to the Lord. If that's you, I just want you to just stand up. 
If you have high blood pressure problems right now, stand up. That's the enemy attacking you in your place of rest. If you have a hard time sleeping right now, stand up. That's the enemy attacking you in your place of rest. If you find yourself constantly anxious and worried about other things, stand up. That's your place of rest. The enemy is gathered in your place of rest. If these are just stupid exercises and these are just stories in a book, then we are fools and we should go home. But these are not just stories in a book. This is the word of the Lord God and it is sharper than a two-edged sword and it is able and capable to destroy the enemies that are gathered in our life. Amen? So we haven't just come here to have a little meeting, have we? No, but we've come here because these are the words of life. We're like the disciples who said to Jesus, where else were we go, Lord? You have the words of life. So I want you to listen because here's the rest of our story. So Jehoshaphat stood in the assembly of Judah and Jerusalem in the house of the Lord before the new court, and he said, oh, Lord God, of our fathers. You are not God in heaven. I'm sorry. Are you not God in heaven? That would have been a bad start of the story. Are you not God in heaven? And do you not rule over all the kingdoms of the nations? And in your hand, is there not power and might so that no one is able to withstand you? Lord, is not power and might in your hand? Are you not our God who drove out the inhabitants of the land before your people Israel and gave it to the descendants of Abraham, your friend forever? And they dwell in it and have, and, and have you, I'm sorry, and have built you a sanctuary in it for your name saying, if disaster comes upon us, sword, judgment, pestilence, or famine, we will stand before this temple in your presence for your name is in this temple. When the enemy gathers in your place of rest, you step into the presence of God. You step into the presence of God. You step into the sanctuary of God. The enemy is standing against you in these places in your life. And God says, step into my presence. Step into my presence and stand. You see, this strategy is the same for us. Step into my presence. Take that moment and step into my presence. And what does that mean? For some of us, it means turn everything off and take a moment and be silent before the Lord and say, Lord God Almighty, I need you. I need your presence now. I need for you to be more real to me than the problem that I'm facing. I need you to be more real to me than the appointment that I think I missed. Then the, then the job that I believe should be mine, Lord, I need you to be bigger than that missed appointment. I need you to be bigger than that disappointment. And you step into his presence, and let's see what continues to happen. And now here are the people of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir, the enemies of God. Whom you, would, whom you would not let Israel invade when they come out of the land of Egypt. But they turned from them and did not destroy them. And here they are rewarding us by coming to throw us out of your possession which you have given us to inherit oh our god will you not judge them who has been thrown out of heaven who is our battle against it's not against flesh and blood it's against principalities and powers in high places 
It's against every thought that lifts itself up against the knowledge of Jesus Christ. And God has chosen not to destroy Satan yet because he is causing us to take revenge on him. And how do we do that? By establishing the kingdom. That's what you're standing up for right now. You're establishing the kingdom. The strategy is the same. We come into the presence of the Lord and we stand and we worship him. Let me continue. Oh, our God, will you not judge them? For we have no power against this great multitude that is coming against us, nor do we know what to do, but our eyes are upon you. If we knew what to do, we'd be free right now, wouldn't we? If we knew what to do, that business problem would already be solved. If we knew what to do, that health problem would already be solved. If we knew what to do, we'd already said the thing and done the thing, wouldn't we have? If we were big enough, we'd just beat the devil up ourselves. You see, the devil isn't bigger than God, but he is bigger than you. But the good news is God is in you. So here's what we do when the enemy gathers in your place of rest. He says, our God, will you not judge them? For we have no power against this great multitude that is coming against us, nor do we know what to do, but our eyes are upon you. And now all Judah, with, our, with their little ones, their wives and their children, stood before the Lord, just like we are right now. And then the Spirit of the Lord came upon Jehaziel, the son of Zechariah, the son of Benaiah, the son of Jael, the son of Mattaniah, a Levite of the sons of Asaph, in the midst of the assembly. Jesus takes the time in this story as it's being recounted through the prophets in the Chronicles here, through the writer, to honor every mommy and daddy, as it were, to honor the heritage of who just stood up in the assembly. I want to speak over you right now in the name of Jesus that you have a heritage and that when your children obey, God honors you because you raise them up in the fear and love and admonition of the Lord. I want you to see that God sees the investment that you're making right now. Your child might not be serving the Lord at the moment, but you've poured into them and you're praying and they will be saved, says the Lord. If that's you, just say amen. And he said, listen, all you of Judah and you inhabitants of Jerusalem and you, King Jehoshaphat, thus says the Lord to you, do not be afraid nor dismayed because of this great multitude, for the battle is not yours, but God's. <laughs> Do not be afraid nor dismayed because of this great multitude, for the battle is not yours, but God's. You got a manufacturing problem? Do not be afraid. Do not be dismayed, for the battle is not yours, but God's. You got a marriage problem? Do not be afraid. Do not be dismayed, for this battle is not yours, but God's. You have a health problem? Do not be afraid. Do not be dismayed, for this problem is not yours, but God's. You have an anxiety problem? Do not be afraid. Do not be dismayed, for this battle is not yours, but God's. Tomorrow, go down against them. And they will surely come up 
by the ascent of Ziz, and you will find them at the end of the brook before the wilderness of Jeriel. I want you to understand something that God said. Listen, you've got a problem, and it's bigger than you. Come into my presence. Listen, I know about your problem, and it's bigger than you, but let me tell you, it's not your problem. It's my problem. And then he says, let me tell you where the problem is. Let me tell you exactly where your enemy's going to be. You have a business issue? Let me tell you exactly what's going wrong right now. You have a marriage issue? Let me tell you exactly where the enemy is invading. Are you guys catching this? Do you have an addiction issue? Let me tell you exactly where the enemy keeps getting in and bringing you back to your favorite medication at the moment your most popular downfall at the moment. Let me tell you where he keeps coming in. He's back there. He's ascending up over there by Ziz. Let me tell you where the Ziz is. God knows where the problem is beginning. And as you come into his presence, he says, not only am I going to defeat the enemy, but I'm going to give you prophetic insight to where the enemy is, is attacking you. Are you guys with me? Yeah. Is the Spirit of God resonating in your heart right now? Because it's going to just keep getting better. And you will find them at the end of the brook before the wilderness of Jeriel. And you will not need to fight in this battle. Say, I do not need to fight. Let me tell you why you don't need to fight. He says, position yourselves, stand still, and see the salvation of the Lord who is with you, O Judah and Jerusalem and Christ Center. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord who is with you. For those of you, if, you've, if you're not able to keep standing, you're, you're allowed to sit down. Just keep standing in the Spirit. Stand still in the Spirit. I'm tired of being overrun, and my mind is filled with worries. And whether I'm busy with work or fun, I always end up back in this place, overwhelmed and buried. Where will I go and I hear you say stand still and wait stand still and wait and you will see salvation come upon you I will overwhelm the one who's come into your camp. Salvation will overcome you. Just stand still. Stand still. I want you to just speak to your heart right now. I want you to speak to the busyness of your mind and I just want you to tell it stand still 
Just begin to go into those places and let the Holy Spirit now begin to bring those things to mind. Go ahead, just close your eyes and let the Spirit of God bring to your heart those things that keep troubling you. And when they come up, I want you to speak to them in your spirit. You can whisper it if you want. But as each one comes up, stand still. I've got a million habits of running away. I've got a thousand lists of what I accomplish each day. I'm so addicted to busyness, I don't know what to say, what to think, how to stand, how to stand still. Overwhelmed by busyness and lists and things, all of them good, and each of them brings some sort of closure or healing in others. I yet don't know how to stand still. I find it interesting that in the story he says to him, do not fear or be dismayed. Tomorrow Go out against them, for the Lord is with you. It's interesting because here the, the Lord God Almighty is coming with the solution, and he's not even in a hurry. He doesn't say, quickly now, grab your things. I'm giving you the answer. Hurry or you miss the divine appointment. No, he says, I know where the enemy's at. Get a good night's sleep. He'll be there tomorrow. Some of us need to understand that the thing that we think is so important, it'll be there tomorrow. The Father is in today. Lord, I'm so sorry for making an idol out of good works and busyness. Jehoshaphat bowed his head with his face to the ground and all Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem bowed before the Lord worshiping the Lord and then the Levites of the children of the Kohathites and of the children of the Korahites stood up to praise the Lord God of Israel with voices loud and high and so they rose early in the morning and they went out into the wilderness of Tekoa and as they went out, Jehoshaphat stood and said, Hear me, O Judah. And Judah means praise. Hear me, O praise, and you inhabitants of Jerusalem. Believe in the Lord your God, and you shall be established. Believe his prophets, and you shall prosper. And when he had consulted with the people, he appointed those who should sing to the Lord and who should praise the beauty of holiness. They should praise the beauty of holiness. And as they went out before the army, and they were saying, Praise the Lord, for his mercy endures forever. And when they began to sing and to praise, the Lord set ambushes against the people of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir, who had come against Judah 
and they were defeated. For those of you that know this story, 85,000 people killed each other. Now, I'm not excited about a bunch of flesh and blood sons killing each other. God wasn't excited about it either. But I'm very excited about the angel of the Lord being released to go and destroy our enemy. And who are our enemies? We battle not against flesh and blood, but principalities and powers in high places. Who And every thought that lifts itself up against the knowledge of Jesus Christ. And who is Jesus Christ? The Prince of Peace. Our God destroys every enemy that comes against the Prince who brings peace in you. Every thought that lifts itself up against the peace in you. Every thought that lifts itself up against the peace in you. All of you are absolutely valuable and beautiful in the sight of God. He knows how many hairs you have on your head. But none of you are so important that the earth will stop spinning if you take time to stand still. Do you understand that? I'm talking about self-importance. I'm talking about an addiction to busyness. I'm talking about a group of people who have found ourselves trapped in our own habits, and many of them are good, and that's why they're so hard to take the time to add in the presence of God. Many of us, the, the, the actual practical issue that we're facing right now is we simply do not take a real Sabbath. We take a day off from where we earn money, but then we just work really, really hard at home on our list. And the Lord gave us a very practical way to practice standing still by simply not working on one day of the week. I'm not talking about a law. I'm talking about a blessing. He's given you six days to get everything done. But take one day a week and just rest. Just stand still. Let your body refresh itself. If you think of a great idea for work, write it down real quick and then set it down and quit thinking about it. You will find that God brings solutions while you're resting. so very aware of that statement. I've said it a few times, but gosh, may it grip our hearts. May we not have anyone ever able to say of us, it's amazing how much they can get done without the help of the Holy Spirit. It's amazing what great meetings they have without including the Holy Spirit. It's amazing all the good works that they've done without the Holy Spirit. It says, the sons of God, they're like the wind. You know not what, where they're going or what they'll be doing because they're led by the Spirit of God. If our life is completely natural in every way, 
save for the fact that we acknowledge that we love God? How are we different from any other deist or religious person? If we don't draw strength from the Holy Spirit in each situation and in each day, how are we different? If we don't actually need a tangible infilling, if we're not consistently praying that prayer that we be filled yet again with the Spirit of God, I just ask you, how does that make us any different? The Spirit of God, it says that He cries out in us. He's the mark that we are sons, and He cries out in us, Abba, Daddy, Papa, Pop, Pops, Father. I know that I'm a son. I know that I'm a daughter because as your spirit enters into me and as I interact with your Holy Spirit and as he gives me insights and comforts me, he says to me, you're a son. You're a daughter. I want you to notice that in this story, it's not just a story in this history of God's dealing with, with us on this earth. As they worshiped the Lord vertically, God released the angels to destroy the enemy horizontally. You see, we don't worship to destroy the enemy. We worship because when we're in his presence, there's fullness of joy. And we don't need a satanic, demonic backdrop in order for God to be good. And so we certainly don't worship God in order to destroy the devil. Do you understand? But he is good. And as we worship him, and as we stand still, and as we turn our affection to him, and as we become like him, and as we enjoy him as we will forever, for the chief end of man is to glorify God and enjoy him forever. As we do that, the Lord himself releases angels and says, go destroy the enemies of my children. Get them out of their place of rest. For they are mine, says the Lord, and no one can take them from my hand. And so this, this day, this is a special day. This is a day where we get to stand and see the Lord intervene on our behalf. This is a day where as we worship him, God is destroying our enemies. Now, any day can be that day. But this is the day called today. So I want us to take this time. And it's a, it's a different kind of day. We're going to take just the next half hour. And we're going to worship the Lord. The baskets are going to be at the back of the room, back here on this welcome table. And as you leave today, we want to ask that you would put your tithes and offerings into the baskets in the back. We're not going to release the children to Children's Church. We're just going to take the next half hour, and we're going to worship the Lord. Amen. And once you're free, and you sense that the Lord is saying, then I just want you to go out and enjoy the rest of the day with them. But I want you to know this. As we 
worship the Lord, he will destroy your enemies. Today, as we worship, there will be several of you that have had bondages and addictions, and they're going to break off of you. There are several of you that have been having a broken heart. God said specifically today, I'm releasing angels to heal broken hearts in the area of shame, unforgiveness, and fear. Now, he can do a whole lot. He's a multitasker. But I heard specifically those three things, unforgiveness, shame, and fear. So as we worship vertically, many of you are going to feel your heart literally change within you as God heals it. I also just heard that he's going to heal arrhythmia today. So I'm curious to hear back from whoever has arrhythmia here. Next time you go to the doctor, I want to hear that praise report. So do you guys understand what, our, what we're going to do today? Yeah. All right. And uh, we, I, I do want to ask that for those of you that are worshiping the Lord with your tithes and offerings, that you not forget that part as it is the end of the month. And you might not be able to get off the floor. So if you're doing that, just hand somebody your wallet. Tell them to be generous. Let's worship the Lord, for he is worthy. I do want to welcome anyone that would like to, to come forward and just be exuberant today. Be exuberant today. They shouted with a loud and high voice. They worshiped him with all their might. I'm not saying worship him like me, but I'm saying be free. I'm saying be free.
people in this room, you have dreams, you have passions, but they haven't been your focal point. You have found other things, other means, jobs, relationships, sports, TV, media, Facebook, whatever it is, they're, they're, they're taking center stage in your life over the passions, over the dreams, over the things that you know are brooding on the inside that God has given you and those things have been, been laying dormant in you. Those things have been laying dormant in you. And I want you to know that just because the time hasn't come for them to come to their full fullness, their fruition, it doesn't mean that those dreams have died. It doesn't mean that those dreams have died. It doesn't mean that those promises are unfulfilled. It doesn't mean that he doesn't want to do what he said he will do because that would not be the word. He will do what he said he will do because he is a faithful and just God and he doesn't break his promises. So if you have things in your heart and you know who you are, if there are things deep in your heart that you long for, live for those things. Even if they're not fulfilled all the way, live as if they are. Live as if they're here. Live as if they're now, right now.
Father, to love.